Hey everybody, this podcast is brought to you by, well, um, myself. If you'd like your business to be advertised on this station, just send me an email at dubiouspod at gmail.com. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to The Dubious Mind, episode two. Uh, as you can tell, I got some um, pretty sweet uh, intro music now. I uh, made that myself uh, on Logic with Ultrabeat, so very fun stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about some pretty cool stuff today. Um, the, my main talking point for the first part of this podcast is going to be about net neutrality. And uh, if you don't know what net neutrality is, um, I can explain it a little bit, just uh, not going into too much detail. But net neutrality basically keeps the internet a free market. The internet being a free market, being that no one is forced to be on the internet, and if you want to post anything on the internet, it's there's no charge, and pretty much internet speeds are the same all the way around, no matter what website or whatever you use, uh, depending on how many, you know, your internet speed for your router, that's your internet speed. And so net neutrality is a good thing. And the reason I'm talking about net neutrality, if you've been paying attention to the news at all, then you would have known that it was upheld in court, which means that it's safe, which is a very good thing. If net neutrality were voted against and it were to lose in court, basically companies that rely on the internet for their business could end up going out of business, especially if they are a small business. Now, companies like Netflix, Google, Facebook, and the like, they really wouldn't have much problem. And the reason is, it if net neutrality didn't exist, it creates a fast lane and a slow lane. Or, as one of the guys in the FCC likes to call it, a fast lane and then an extra fast lane. But really what he means by that is a fast lane and a slow lane. There's really no server coding it. But obviously they're trying to to make their case for what they're trying to do. Now, these ISPs like AT&T and Comcast would just absolutely love nothing more than to be able to basically control the internet speeds for certain companies. Now, back in 2013, 2014, Netflix went through something like this with Comcast. Comcast basically wanted Netflix to pay this premium so that they could get the best speeds for their customers. Now, the problem that this created is Netflix was like, hell no. You know, why would we do that? The internet is a free market, like I said. And so Comcast decided that for Netflix, they would completely um, slow down all of Netflix's um, internet service. So if you look at a graph, you can find a graph online. If you look at that graph, right when they, right when Netflix said, hey, heck no, we're not doing that, their speeds absolutely plummeted. And so obviously they're going to be getting all these complaints and Netflix decided, okay, we'll pay the premium. And lo and behold, their speeds went right back up. So basically what net neutrality does is it stops ISPs, internet service providers, like Comcast, AT&T, and the like, from doing that to companies like Netflix and other companies. Now, this creates an issue because if it were to ever not pass in court, 
like I said, small businesses that rely very much on internet service that don't have the money to pay these premiums are going to go out of business. And this creates a huge monopoly. You know, basically you have these big companies, these multi-billion dollar, multi-billion dollar companies that are getting these fast speeds and everybody else is left behind in the dust. Now, companies like Google and Netflix, they can afford to pay that. They can. Now, are they going to make a fuss about it? Of course they are, because money is, well, all they care about. But other companies, any company, a local business that does all of their ordering online, they're going to have to pay premiums so they can get faster service. And, well, they're not going to get it. Basically, everyone wants to keep the internet a free market, um, myself included. Now, the only issue with this, even though it passed in court, the um, communications director for the FCC, well, guess what? He used to work for Comcast, and he was a big guy in Comcast. He was way up in the ranks. And so you can imagine what's going to happen, you know? And so now the FCC is kind of covering their tracks and saying, well, no, we're not going to make everybody else slow. They're going to be fast too. But everybody else is going to be really fast. But like I said, what they mean by that is there's going to be a fast lane and a slow lane. So places like Google, Facebook, YouTube, Netflix are going to be, you know, four or five Mustangs in the fast lane, blowing past all the cars in the right with your small businesses. So very good news about that being upheld in court. And um, net neutrality is safe for now. And that's that's what really matters. I'd also like to bring up some really interesting news that came about today. Um, I want to kind of do my news segments at the beginning. I might not do this every time, but just for now, I, you know, I got everything written down. I just want to get it out of the way so we can talk about talk about the fun stuff. So uh, recently, the FBI has arrested three high-ranking officers in the NYPD. Basically, what happened is a local businessman bribed these officers um, in exchange for private security. Now, the problem with this, obviously, is they took a bribe. And um, one of these uh, issues where they're giving private security, there was a prostitute involved. And now this prostitute is claiming in her complaint that the officers took advantage of her services. So basically, they took $100,000 worth of bribes from this local businessman and also contributed to prostitution, which is, unless you get it on video, very much illegal. Now, the funny thing about this story is um, this actually happened a couple years ago, back in 2013. And the NYPD, they, um, they investigated this case themselves. And guess what? They found that the officers didn't do anything wrong. And they actually got two weeks of paid vacation. I guess, you know, at least the FBI came through and actually uh, served justice to them. Because, you know, if the NYPD isn't going to do that, then somebody's got to do it. Something very cool that happened in the news recently was that um, New York criminalized the use of ticket-buying bots. Now, um, I'm getting this information from uh, Engadget, so um, I'm going to be reading kind of their article on it, not word for word, but um, let's put it in this situation. I'm sure you've all been in this situation. You know, this huge band you wanted to see, and the tickets sell out in like, I don't know, two minutes, right? Now... Even though you were like ready to buy it right on the second, you probably never stood a chance. 
Um, they were probably snapped up by bots that, in one case, bought over a thousand Madison Square Garden U2 tickets in less than a minute. Now, what these companies do is they buy up all these tickets and they sell them for extremely high markups. That's why you see places like StubHub and all these other places that have these tickets. And they're like, oh yeah, you can have these tickets, but guess what? They're four times the amount than they were on sale. And so New York has basically said, um, no, no, no. Now, this also might not be the end of news that um, is targeting scalpers. Eric Schneider, Schneiderman, sorry, who is a New York attorney general, um, he also singled out event insiders, including the artists, who in some cases reserve over half of the tickets for themselves. And he also has targeted the ticketing agencies that tack on fees of over 20%, turning a reasonable $50 ticket into a $60 deal breaker. So very good news for you New York folks. Hopefully these laws will be more widespread in the future and they will be all over the place, hopefully in my home state of Ohio as well. That's pretty much uh, all I have for current events for today. Um, I'd like to talk about, uh, like I talked about last week, a little bit of music that I've been listening to. Now I've been listening to a lot of the new Let Live record. It's called If I'm the Devil. Um, it's, it's very different from what they've done. I mean, you know, there's there's the classic Let Live, like stuff you hear from uh, Fake History and uh, a little bit from The Blackest Beautiful. It's definitely better produced than The Blackest Beautiful. But a uh, very interesting thing about that album is that that's purposely what they did. They wanted an album that was raw. They wanted an album that wasn't super produced. And now with this album, they, they have they have produced it very well, and it sounds really good. Uh, Jason's vocals are absolutely perfect. Uh, musically, it's done really well. Uh, there's some songs that are a little bit slower, and then there's some songs that are a little bit more uh, like really fast, like punk, kind of post-hardcore kind of stuff. So that's very cool. Uh, another album that I've been listening to uh, that I didn't mention on the last podcast, it's not as new, but uh, the Issues album Headspace. Um, I have nothing but good things to say about this album. Uh, I've been loving on it for, for a month now and, uh, it's really good. It's very well produced. And actually Michael, the screamer, he does a little bit of singing on the record as well and does a little bit of different screaming styles. And it's, it's something very different, but it's something really cool. And something interesting about the record is they claimed that they didn't listen to any metal music during the writing of the album. And you, you can definitely tell. I mean, there are some, there's some heavy parts, there's some heavy riffs, but also there's almost like a, you know, there's a poppy feel, but there's also like a little bit of a country feel. And actually in one of the songs called Young and Dumb, it's featuring John Langston, who is a country music singer. And um, it definitely has a little bit of a country feel to it, kind of like a pop country feel to it. Uh, it's very cool. It's, it's fresh. It's a clean album, and it's an amazing and fun summer listen, for sure. Now, one album I started listening to today is uh, the new Gojira album. Uh, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce their name. I'm not sure if it's Gojira or Gojira. I'm pretty sure it's Gojira. But anyways, uh, they came out with this new album called Magma. Uh, it's, it's a really cool record. And uh, it's very heavy. It's very, like, there's some gothic feel to it, but also it's kind of like a little bit of like a mastodon feel. 
And uh, I love Mastodon. Absolutely love Mastodon. Um, you know, The Hunter is a great album, and Oblivion is a great album. I mean, they're all really great albums. Once More Around the Sun. I haven't actually finished this record yet, but I did listen to a little bit of it. And from what I heard, I really like it. There's some really cool riffs. There's uh, His vocals are really tight and very cool. That's pretty much the music I've been listening to this week, uh, in the past couple weeks. And uh, very excited to see um, a couple of new albums that are coming out kind of soon. Uh, I know the Memphis Mayfire record is coming pretty soon. I'm not sure of the exact date or if they've uh, released a release date yet, but I'm super excited for that. I feel like Unconditional was very good lyrically, but it was definitely, it definitely felt like a rushed album. Challenger was amazing. I thought all the songs were super solid. The writing was really good. The production, I think, was really good. It could have been a little bit better, but uh, all in all, it was very good. Uh, Unconditional was produced very, very well. But I think that, you know, some of the lyrics, they're good, but some of the lyrics are just kind of cringy and just very almost like overdone. You know, the, it's, it's some overdone kind of mantras about, you know, being yourself and uh, feeling beautiful and whatnot. And that's a very cool message, but it's like, you know, everybody is doing that nowadays. You know, everyone wants to spread a positive message. And I'm not saying you should spread a negative message, but also I feel like, you know, you should write songs that are from the heart and you should write songs that are important to you. And, you know, maybe those songs were very important to Maddie at the time, but also, you know, with this new record, he's mentioned that, you know, he's almost burst into tears writing some of these songs. They're very important to him. And so I'm very excited to hear those songs. If they're anything like the couple of singles that they've put out recently, um, I'll, I'll be ecstatic. So very excited for that album coming. Speaking of music, uh, we had our show on the, on the 18th, just two days ago. Uh, it went very well. We had a lot of fun. Huge congrats to all the bands that played. You all did very well. Um, if you were there for the show and you came out and listened to us, thank you so, so much. Um, you know, we had a good crowd and we got a lot of good feedback and I'm, I'm super excited about that. Our next show, I'm not really sure when it's going to be. We're thinking about doing an acoustic show on July 8th, but we're still kind of working out the details. So, you know, whenever I know for sure, I'll definitely let you guys know. We also got some uh, very cool pictures. A um, couple of photographers were there, and uh, they've sent us some photos, and they've been very good. Uh, shout out to, uh, I believe her name's Keely Bailey. Uh, shout out to Zach Crawford. Uh, shout out to Steve Golding. Uh, shout out to him as well. Uh, they all got some... Uh, we haven't seen Steve's shots yet, but we're very excited. He's going to send those over to us. Uh, but to the other two, we got some very good shots, and thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you for snapping some photos of us. Uh, we had a really fun time. Now, this isn't something that I did on my podcast last week, but I decided maybe it's this will be something that uh, turns into something regular, and uh, I want to kind of do a little short review for a movie. Uh, this movie particularly that I saw the other day uh, was The Boy. Now, if you haven't seen trailers or advertisements for The Boy, it's about this this uh, old family, uh, just a wife and a and a husband, and they have this son who is a doll, right? And uh, the reason they have this doll son is that their son died 20 years earlier. Um, now, before I go any further, I would like to say uh, there will be some spoilers. So um, I will give you a chance to skip ahead. 
and now that chance is over. So uh, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, definitely skip ahead. So uh, here we go. So they got this doll that looks like their their child who died 20 years ago. And um, this woman, who is played by uh, Miss Lauren Cohan, a.k.a. Maggie of the Walking Dead, um, in a lot of other roles, um, she is basically trying to run from her past. She's trying to get out and do something and also make a little bit of money. So at first, you know, she's kind of weirded out, but she's like, hey, you know what? I really need the money. And her sister at the same time is like, you really need the money. So uh, she she tries to leave, but then she's like, you know what? I need to stay and I need to do this. And basically, you know, they have this, sets, this set of rules for her uh, to do for the child and she's like, F that, and doesn't do half the stuff, and all this crazy stuff starts happening, right? So she's like, okay, I need to do this. I need to follow these rules no matter how weird they are. And so she starts following them, and everything starts to get better. Well, later in the movie, uh, this guy shows up, turns out to be her uh, ex, who was, I guess, abusive and manipulative, uh, especially if, if you've seen this, if you've seen the movie and seen those scenes, you can definitely tell that she was in a manipulative and abusive relationship. Basically, you know, she, she just keeps cr- crawling back to him and he's this big, scary dude, you know, and, uh, she's, he's also clashing with this other guy who is the delivery guy for the house, who is basically, you know, in love with this woman. And he's, you know, always flirting with her and trying to go on a date with her and stuff. But she becomes very distant because she's taking care of this doll. And at the same time, she's kind of going insane. So she is taking care of this doll and the guy, the guy that comes to, to meet her, who, by the way, comes as a surprise. Who does that, right? Especially out of the country. So anyways, he shows up and he's like, what the hell is going on? This is crazy. You're looking after a doll. And she's like, listen, you know, he's more than a doll. He can do some crazy stuff. You don't want to mess with him. So obviously he messes with him and he gets pissed and he breaks the doll on the ground. Now this is where all hell breaks loose. So the the actual kid who quote unquote died 20 years earlier climbs out of the wall and kills the guy. And so he's like chasing them through this house and whatever. But basically, you know, I won't give up the ending or anything like that since I already gave up like almost the entire movie. Uh, by the way, for you guys that are skipping ahead, uh, this is basically the end of the spoilers. I'm just going to kind of talk about how I felt about the movie. Now, I was expecting this movie to be a little bit scarier. There were some there were some kind of creepy parts and there were some jump scares, which I think is kind of a trope that needs to go away in horror movies. I think it's really annoying, but, um, you know, it, it gets people and people like that kind of thing. They like stuff jumping out on them, screaming at them and stuff like that for some odd reason, you know. I like more of the kind of suspenseful get into your head kind of creepy stuff or just stuff that's just just straight up creepy like it's very obviously creepy it's supposed to be creepy and so I like this movie I definitely thought it was going to be scarier but from you know just going into it kind of blind and just kind of knowing the backstory and nothing else really uh that twist was really cool uh and you know it was a good movie, and I really enjoyed it. And hey, it was at the Red Box. It was only a dollar fifty. So if I would have hated it, you know, oh well. 
Also, uh, another movie that I watched uh, that I I won't gonna give, I'm not gonna give up any spoilers for it because there's twist in and out all throughout the movie was uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Uh, if you don't know about Ten Cloverfield Lane, it is um, a sequel to the original Cloverfield movie. It's made differently though. You know, Cloverfield originally was kind of like a found footage movie, like um, like the Blair Witch Project. So this one is more of a you know it's a theatrical movie. There's, you know, there's actual acting and there's, you know, cameramen that aren't <laughs> the guy behind the camera like, oh, you know, did you see that kind of thing? So uh, it was very cool. It had, um, I forgot the actress's name, but she plays Ramona Flowers in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Has John Goodman in it. And it has this other guy, don't remember his name, but he was in uh, Short Term 12 with Brie Larson. Also a really great movie. Uh, I really enjoyed 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, there are some very cool twists, and, uh, you know, it It just kind of really captures you, and, you know, J.J. Abrams has a, has a special way about him. He has a special way of really dragging you into a movie and not letting you out, so uh, I really enjoyed that movie as well, so definitely go check those two movies out. I think this week I'm going to kind of uh, cut the podcast a little bit short. I might end up doing kind of a uh, middle-slash-end-of-the-week podcast that's a little bit shorter just to kind of uh, say hello and all that kind of stuff, and then I'll do a longer podcast again. But um, this week I'm actually going to feature my band. Uh, we are called Anova. I can't really explain what kind of music we play, so I'm just going to play it for you. This song is called Close Your Eyes, has a very poppy feel to it, very cool, very fun build, so uh, definitely enjoy it. Check us out on Facebook, check us out on SoundCloud. Uh, we are called Anova once again, and here is Close Your Eyes.
Looking back 